0: And now, welcome to the perfectly preserved podcast. Want to learn
1: more about canning? Check out our and video Anna courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses all are available about at smarthomecanning.com. And, and Jenny teaches super fast. We are master clean food preservers, moms, canning wives, canning. and we love talking Use about canning. Pod We've decided the world needs a P-O-D podcast that shares up to date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze drying, and more.
0: We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully.
1: We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second guess your preserving practices again.
0: Ready to pan like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. We are hitting a milestone today. This is our 50th episode. Jenny, can you even believe that this is our
0: 50th episode? It's insane. It is. It's so crazy. When we started this, I mean, I would say I'm honestly just as enthusiastic on our 50th episode as I was on our first. Right. And I mean, we've gotten a lot smarter, but I think we're every bit as excited as we were on the very first episode.
1: Yeah. And I remember saying in that first episode, like, our husbands both were like, How could you talk about (laughs) this for more than like 10 episodes? And we're like, Oh, we could talk about it forever.
0: So this is our 50th episode, and we're both really excited about it. Today, we are going to talk to you about mistakes we have made and then. Instances when big-time influencers can things wrong. <laughs> so it's a little bit of some instruction, like mistakes that Ann and I have made, because we are human and we end up with jars that aren't sealed and moldy things and things that go sideways. We totally have that happen. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about some instances when canning made the news and when people that really have teams of people to help them figure out how to do things correctly. And they have done things wrong. And we're going to talk about that. So we just wanted to kind of humanize ourselves for this episode and let you know some of the big goofs. Or I mean, I guess they're not big goofs. They're just normal goofs. True. Normal things that happen when you are a canner. And Anna, I guess to lead us off, is there a time where you have ever canned something and it didn't remain perfectly sealed or perfectly preserved?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely there were times when I was first starting out and I hadn't done the Master Food Preserver program, and I was just getting information from like random people, friends, family. And the first was when I was making apricot jam. I've talked about this before. When we bought our first house, we had this giant apricot tree and I was in the process of making so much apricot jam. It was ridiculous. And somebody said, oh, all you have to do is wipe the lids, put your lid and ring on and flip it over and it'll seal. You just like turn it back over after 24 hours or something and it will be sealed. And this is called the open kettle method. We've debunked it and talked about it a lot. But the reason that it's a problem is because you're not heating the lid and the ring and everything up and either steam canning it or water bath canning it for the approved amount of time to kill that botulism toxin if it's present. And sometimes those seals just came undone. Mm -hmm. Like the lid came off because I didn't process it. I just flipped it over. And then the next day turned it around. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I don't have to, you know, heat up my kitchen and have like a facial while I'm, yeah, <laughs> while I'm water bathing these jams. I just thought it was the best thing ever. And then I realized that that was just not the best thing
0: to do. Um, what about you, Jenny? I think the open kettle method is one that trips people up because initially it's like, oh, this worked. My lids are sealed. So if you have gotten talked into open kettle canning, listeners, you are not alone. And it makes perfect sense why you would think, oh, this is great. Why would I do it any other way? (laughs) I never did open kettle canning because I did my grandma and mom water bathed, And I would say that they're I wouldn't. I mean, they're not mistake mistakes, but the things that they did, they almost were like overkill. Like they would sterilize their jars before water bath canning with them. And because of our elevation, that was unnecessary. So they were almost like overkill on the processing and the cleanliness stuff.
1: My mom to this
0: day is really, Mm -hmm. really, really clean. (laughs) But one mistake. Okay. When I was early, okay. We'll talk about an early mistake. I, when I was learning to can, I was, uh, nesting and pregnant and I should have been painting a baby bedroom, but instead I was canning all the applesauce I could. And I, at first I didn't have a rack in the bottom of my pot and I think, I think I had a couple of mistakes here. So the first I was like, well, it'll probably be fine, which is like my family mantra. My dad says that like if I had a dollar for every time he said, it'll probably be fine. I would have a lot of dollars. Uh, so I thought, I'd, I'll just put these jars right on the bottom of the pot and just boil them and see what happens. <laughs> well, let me tell you, dear listeners, the jars will break and you will have wasted applesauce and shards of glass and a huge mess to clean up. You won't know how, how will I pour all this water into the drain without getting glass in it? And you have a big problem. And then I use twist ties, twist ties to connect several canning rings into some ridiculous little trivet that did not prevent my jars from rattling around and then they broke then also. <laughs> oh, shit. So the lesson there is, is use the rack. Uh, I use a silicone trivet if I'm water bath canning or the canning rack that comes with the black speckled pot, like every woman in America had, you know, 75 years ago. Don't not use a rack. Have you made any mistakes more recently Anna that you could uh illuminate for our listeners?
1: Oh sure. So I recently was cleaning out my freezer and I had salmon that needed to be canned and so I pressure canned it and I mm. don't know if it was like I think it just must have been something on the top of the jars mm-hmm. with the lid like it I had 3 out of 5 fail and it was so Frustrating because to me, salmon is like gold. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get it very often. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I was just really bummed about it. And it was something to do with the lid and it just didn't seal. And I was so mad. (laughs) But for those of you, if that happens, you can either freeze it or put it in your fridge or use it right away. So it wasn't a total
0: loss. I threw it
1: in the freezer, but I was Mm. just bummed, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, so frustrating. So, most recently, this happened to me this year. I was pressure canning a bunch of different things, and I just discovered very recently that two of my pints of this pork dish called uh, Vina Dialos, which is uh, pork with vinegar and vegetables, they molded. And they molded probably because either the lids I used weren't brand new like I thought they were, which I that might be it. I don't know. I think so. See, that's the thing. You, you Sometimes you never figure it out and it's it'll bother you for years. <laughs> it'll haunt you. Yes. Yes, it will haunt you. Either the lids yeah. weren't brand new like I thought they were or pork in particular is pretty fatty and fat is the enemy of a good seal. And I bet I got or potentially got a little bit of fat on the rim of my jar and that prevented the seal and allowed oxygen in and just let little, little, uh, colony of bugs grow. And now I have two wasted jars, which again, it's going to bother me that that happened, but I won't be able to figure out what happened. I can't go back in time and I have to just let it go. And so do you, if this happens to you. Yep. And there's, there's honestly no shame
1: in making canning mistakes. I know that the name of our podcast is called the perfectly preserved podcast, but we all make mistakes. And honestly, you learn so much more
0: when you make mistakes that, you, you know, do. just be grateful for them. Oh, I mean, as frustrating as they are, Anna's right. I mean, you do learn a lot and you like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I will not have another jar of pork happen like that, right? I will be sure to drain off more fat. I will be sure to open a brand new box of lids and won't accidentally grab a used one that looks like it's not new, right? Like I, I won't let that happen again. And neither will you. You have to you have to learn from your mistakes for sure. We wanted to mention what to do with canned food that you believe for any reason that has gone bad. And both Anna and I are of the mind that, like, quote, throwing away end quote anything is like is kind of baloney, right? Like it doesn't just disappear. But the CDC says if you believe that you have food that's contaminated with botulism, Uh, which you would not smell or taste. But if you know, like, oh my gosh, I canned this whole batch of meat and I water bathed it because that's what people on the internet told me to do. Right. If you had a good reason to believe this may have botulism, the CD says to double bag it in plastic and tape up the plastic bags and then put it in uh, your trash receptacle and and quote, throw it away. But Anna, what could you do to kill... Uh, to, to handle that differently by boiling. Sure. There's also the option to
1: open up your jar and hard boil the contents for 10 minutes and that will kill the botulism toxin. I wouldn't recommend that you just make all of your things however you want to make them and then no. you know, uh, boil it. But if it's like maybe a smaller concern, like one batch of green beans, mm-hmm. maybe you were like, I don't know you got the altitude wrong or the elevation wrong and and you underboiled it or something.
0: Like, I don't know. And not to dive way too it's deep. It's a fine line for me. <laughs> totally. And not to dive too deep, but I would also consider the type of food that you're boiling for 10 more minutes. Like it's already been processed for some amount of time, presumably, right? I would like green beans. I wouldn't boil because I don't want the world's mushiest green beans. Who wants to eat that? I don't, right? The I, I just don't want to eat mush. Uh, meat, <laughs> I might. Or if it was like a gift from a loved one and they're standing there hoping that you'll open this jar and eat it or like or something like that where you feel compelled to eat it, then I would do the boiling method. But if it was just me and my goof up or you know realizing, oh, whoopsie, uh, I would consider the food type before you do the boil for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, I. I personally have never done that. Where I'm like, oh, I'm. I'm just not sure because I follow everything to a T like a crazy person. But, but you totally can.
0: Yeah, you're not crazy. And <laughs> I. I also because I'm not naturally a numbers person. I will check the times like multiple times during my canning process. I'll have the book open and I'll just. Oh yeah, okay, it's gonna be. This many minutes, it's this many pounds of pressure. I I always recheck many times because I'm not naturally a number rememberer. So I have not made a time mistake ever, I don't think that I'm aware of. Yeah. And now a quick word about our courses.
1: Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com and Jenny teaches super fast steam canning at startcanning.com. Use the code POD25, that's P-O-D-25, to get 25% off those courses today. So let's move on, Jenny. Let's talk about like either influencers or mm. chefs. Uh, we have a couple <laughs> examples that we're going to talk about. I got tagged a ton. There's a, a chef named Brad Leone,
0: and he, remind me, was it for the Food Network? Okay, so all i'll dive deep on this guy okay so the washington post wrote a great article on february 2nd uh 2021 and the title is bon appetit which is another publication takes down a quote dangerous end quote video on canning seafood after experts warn of botulism risk so this guy who has Almost 1 million Instagram followers, we just checked before we started recording, 1 million people almost are leaning into this man for information, and he has the Bon Appetit test kitchen right there recording with him. And in his video, he water bath canned low acid foods, including mussels and lobster, and this is your first episode, and you're just now learning the appropriate way to preserve a low acid food like shellfish is in a pressure canner because a pressure canner gets over two hundred and forty degrees, which is the temperature required to kill any botulism spore that may be present and as soon as this video was posted, of course uh what is this article says The Washington Post says that. Legions of canning gurus quickly noted that process is widely accepted to be unsuitable, that is water bath canning, low acid foods for seafood, and the FDA's canning guidelines and just about every canning expert say a pressure canner must be used for safe canning of meats and seafood. So that tells me a couple things. One, there was nobody with Brad telling him, hey, that's a bad idea. Here's how you properly do it. And two, If you live in a ethos where people are just telling you to water, bath, can, low acid foods, uh, I think you're just in a, maybe not an echo chamber, but you're hearing from a loud minority that are telling you to do something that is unsafe. But then Brad said, I apologize. But what was so interesting to me was that Bon Appetit left the video up after they'd been roundly criticized for it and said that they only did it for the camera, to water bath can the meat for camera. But then later they pulled the video because that obviously is complete baloney. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought this was such an interesting example because this guy is wildly famous. Bon appétit. There just was nobody there that knew, I guess. They don't have a resident master preserver.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think what's crazy about this is that A lot of people don't realize that canning is science. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just a dash of this, a dash of that. Like you can do whatever you want, you know, kind of freewheeling. And that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they think that they can just do whatever they want and not have the risk of botulism or uh, other issues, you know, food related issues. It was crazy. I immediately got tagged in this when
0: it happened. So something that's good to remember in terms of just riffing and like making stuff up as you go along. I think, well, I know the pressure canning gives you more room to do that. I mean, there's lots of things you still can't safely pressure can, but if you are the kind of person who loves to like add more garlic and experiment with spices and kind of branch out in that way. Then I think you'll be very happy with learning about pressure canning because that, by using that device, you get a lot higher heat and you can safely preserve more things. But uh, poor Brad um, did not. And in this article uh, on the Washington Post, it had a great. It, it was great that a master food preserver was called upon for her input. Her name's Colleen Clemens of Orange County, California. Uh, She said it's, quote, dangerous misinformation, end quote. And Colleen Clemens, uh, Anna and I agree. And she created her own Instagram video on her account. uh, It's Master Food Preservers OC, where she's giving Brad and any followers uh, a little lesson on pH and why that's a really unsafe thing that he did in the video. But yeah, that is that's one that was really particularly shocking, just given the huge amount of. Might that Bon Appetit and Brad has that they that they publish that?
1: Yeah, I mean, with such a trusted source like Bon Appetit, you would think that they would, um, you know, have somebody fact checking. I guess.
0: Yeah. Really briefly, I don't have a whole lot to say about this second example, but the New York Times published a tomato sauce canning recipe, and it had no acidifying ingredient. And again, as Anna said. It's very odd that they didn't have, I I can understand not having an expert on staff, but I mean, reach out to your cooperative extension office and ask to speak to a master preserver probably would have been a great step. And they got a bunch of backlash for posting that and then they pulled it from their website. But Anna, tell us about the Squirrel Moldy Jam. Okay, so
1: this was news to me. I had not heard anything about this. Back in uh, 2020, There was a restaurant in LA called Mm. Squirrel, and this woman was very famous for making low sugar jams. And a lot of the people, a few of the staff workers that were working there noticed this practice. And it's like pretty horrifying for me (laughs) to say this, but (laughs) she there was mold in the jam, like big batches of jam, and she would scoop it out and throw it away.
0: Scoop out the mold. Just the mold.
1: She would scoop out the mold and a little bit underneath the mold, thinking kind of like maybe like your fermented products, like sometimes you'll like throw out the mold on the top, you know. And she, in this article, she tried to cite a microbiologist saying, you know, I heard that he said this and it's fine. And when the Washington Post reached out to this microbiologist that that he said, no, that's I said for home use, right? Like in your refrigerator if you see a little bit of mold on your jam, you can scoop it out and and throw it away. You will probably be okay. But in a commercial setting, that is never okay. And as I was reading this, it was it was just so crazy. Um one of the things that I did like though about this situation is that she changed her practices. She apologized. She said she's never going to do that again. Like basically she learned from her mistake and she's not going to do it again. And she understands the reason why you wouldn't. She's also sending her jams into like a third party testing so that, you know, just to make sure that everything is above board. So I think that's like a good example of somebody taking ownership and
0: realizing the mistake that they made and trying to make it better. That's a great point. And also, I, I think it's important to mention that she did a lot of low sugar jams, which is great and very popular. But sugar is a powerful preservative, and the absence of added sugar meant that, she, I mean, she was probably molding so fast. I bet it was, it probably <laughs> happened really quickly. Ah, I bet it happened really fast, poor thing. Yeah. And then, we aren't going to identify this particular person because it doesn't make any difference and it doesn't matter at all but this is a very influential i mean it's a big this is a big deal restaurant in los angeles guys <laughs> uh just surprising that somebody who has a lot of connections a lot of networking potential a lot of knowledge i mean i'm sure her stuff is delicious right it's just is surprising i think to me that That in that universe, there was nobody other than like, just, I mean, God, can you imagine being like the gal in the kitchen? Who's like, wait a second, this is disgusting. (laughs) Ah, An employee, like, whoa.
1: Yeah. And something that she also has done is she has a jam cookbook.
0: Right. Which is very interesting.
1: I just wonder about like what it looks like and what the, (laughs) I don't know. I, I have a hard
0: time thinking that it's safe, right? Like,
1: that right, what she's doing is safe.
0: I remember when I very first read this, her book wasn't out yet. And I thought I should buy this and just read the recipes, <laughs> like, when it comes out, just to, you know, maybe she's doing open kettle. Maybe she's, maybe it's totally great. And this in the restaurant setting, it was, I don't know. I can't imagine deciding like this is a good idea for public consumption. You know, what you, what you spoon off in the privacy of your own home with your own spoon in your own kitchen. I mean, yeah, do you do you, whatever, but to, to serve to what surely would be a fairly particular group of people there in Los Angeles, fairly high standards. Uh, it is a surprising decision that was made, but she does have a cookbook and it's probably got some cool flavors. I can't zoom in enough in to read the canning direction. So I can't tell you Ooh, I'm zooming as far as I can. And I can't read it guys. But anyway, that was another example of uh, just I'm shocked that nobody else in that per- in that person's universe was like, hold on, you cannot do that. That is unwise.
1: <laughs> we do not like serving. Mold.
0: Yeah, I just
1: remembered this. I was watching. Oh my gosh, it was a restaurant in Salt Lake they had this like tutorial basically on how they make jam. Uh And they actually put their jams with their lids, rings, everything on, and then they put it on a tray and they put it in the oven to process it. (laughs) And I remember thinking like, that's not right. Like, why are they doing it that way? Uh. You know what I mean? Because um, like, temperatures inside an oven vary so much from like the back to the front from side to side like anybody who's ever baked a tray of cookies can tell you which side of their oven is hottest right and like anyway I just remember being horrified that that was you know being touted as like the traditional way to make jam and I'm just weird oh that is so strange
0: well, and when you know better, you do yeah. better. So if you have ever baked jam, <laughs> then I mean, no shade. Like you now, you know, now you know you're not going to do that. You can, you can dive deep on our podcast. We have 50 episodes now and you can just pick on a topic that you want to learn about. That's right. And know better and do better. I think maybe like the last little thing we'll mention. That's right. That we won't be naming names either, but there's just a lot of. Like the examples we gave you are wildly famous in in my mind. Like these were mega famous people in terms of having fact checkers, having support, having people, you know, record your content for you. They're mega famous. There's social media famous. Lots of people, lots of people in, in the social media world that give a lot of really terrible canning instruction, a lot of canning advice and It's hard, I think, when you hear like conflicting information all the time. Like, if you let, like, let's say you follow Anna or you follow me or other, you know, other sources that are teaching canning in a safe way. And then you're also following someone else. Like, you just like followed us off of some recipe that we both posted, right? And this other influencer, let's say, Mm -hmm. and they have like 300,000 followers or something. And they're telling you, like, I'm going to can my tomatoes without any acidifying ingredient. To the way my grandma did, you know, I know it can be confusing, but I think if you just listen <laughs> to us and maybe learn a little bit more <laughs> about it, it's like the oldest, most boring science. It's not even like, it's not like new, guys. It's not like a vaccine that's new. Like it's older than old, older than old, <laughs> older than old. The stuff that we know now yeah. is really old information. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: and I—I I had a friend recently reach out and say, "Hey, I went online and I bought like an old ball book, a newest, the newest ball book, and also so easy to preserve mm. on my recommendation." And she said, "Oh, like the ball canning books don't—the old one doesn't have yeah. um, updated tomato recipes like so easy to preserve yeah. or the USDA website." What should I do? And I was like, I would honestly send the the ball book back. That's old because like things get updated as we know better, we do
0: better. Mm-hmm. Science is an ever changing discipline. Exactly, it's ever changing. Yeah, uh, it's just weird. I think to to get this messaging that like I also read a lot of people say, oh, it changes all the time. You can't keep up with it. Therefore, I'm not going to use it. I've heard the exact same thing about car seats, which also makes no sense. And I know car seat recommendations change a lot, but that's neither here nor there. But I I do not believe that recommendations for canning have changed in my lifetimes, have they? I'm, oh, I guess I'm a little bit older. Maybe in my lifetime, not since I've been canning, they haven't. Yeah. Well, tomatoes
1: have definitely changed. Pumpkin puree probably is something okay. that's maybe newer. Sure, but do you know what I mean? Like there are small things that have changed, but yeah. Overall, I think it's pretty much the same.
0: Yeah. I just don't believe the baloney. If you hear stuff like this, you don't have to believe it. (laughs) But also, we'll loop back to the beginning of our podcast. We'll loop back up and tie it up with a bow. It is normal to have stuff break. It's normal to have a jar that the lid doesn't seal and you have like a volcano of mold. These things happen occasionally, it happens. And it doesn't mean that you have to throw every jar you've ever canned out. You can just learn from your mistakes and keep preserving. Yep. And
1: let's just give a shout out, like 50 episodes. Whoa. I like can't even believe it. When you just said that, like, this is incredible. Like, I it is never would have thought
0: we would gotten to 50 episodes. See, I so. kind of thought, I thought like, oh, we're, we're going to make it to like 300 before we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But Anna and I have loved, loved, loved creating this for you guys, and we hope that you love it too. To help us celebrate, guys, if you have someone in your life that would love to learn how to can or should get some up-to-date information, share this episode or any other episode that you love, that your favorite one, share it with a friend, and we can't wait to do 50 more episodes for you guys. Thanks for being here. Bye, guys. That's
1: our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds, and it really helps our show grow.
0: Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower.
1: Email your preserving questions to perfectly preserved podcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.